0: Slava Ukraini fanoners on this very special episode of So You Think You Can Fanon. This is the wartime special, I guess, and I'm I'm only joined here by Matt.
1: Yes, we are the only ones who can stand together in the hour of need to read something from the Ukrainian language.
0: Yes, we have cultivated a selection of Ukrainian fanfiction that we have translated using Google. Apologies beforehand if there are any goofs, gaffs, or uh, downright murders. Uh, we didn't localize any of these. This is just the pure, raw Google Translate. This is
1: Google Translate in its purest form, and I love it. What are we starting with here, Sergio?
0: What are we starting with? Well, we are going to start with uh, one that I found called The Ghost of Kiev that was written very recently, as you can tell. Oh, yes. By a man named Mr. Key.
1: Huh. I wonder if that's related to Kiev.
0: Is not rated. Uh, it is part of the Ukrainian history roleplay fiction fandom. Features the ghost of Kiev, who is now a character on uh, Archive of Our Own. This is the only story to feature him so far. Uh, additional tags include Ukrainian War, Russia's War Criminal, Stop Russia, Heroes of Our Time, and Save the Ukrainian People. Nice. <clears throat> shall I narrate? Uh, you shall narrate, and I think you should play the ghost of Kiev. Okay. <clears> okay. <throat> Uh, hold on, I-, I will be the author's note, so I'll read the summary. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> I recently suffered here that I can't write other people's characters because life surpasses fiction. That's right. A new hero has appeared in Ukraine, who is admired by women, girls, young women, men, boys, cats, dogs, and in general, all living things that have a heart. This is the ghost of Kiev, Young, handsome, unmarried, according to some intelligence, and fucks... Rusnaya as a god. I think that's supposed to be Russia. The mood of society is eloquently evidenced by the quote from Twitter below and the fact that I began to write about him a series of breaks. There are no coincidences with real people. That he studied in Kharkiv is my invention. Martin is a WMD in general, and he is not Martin. He is Martin from Martis, the god of war. I'm sorry, people. I can't help it because it will tear me to pieces. Chapter 1. 21.
1: Now think about it. The ghost of Kiev was shot down today. He escaped, got on the ground to the base, got another plane, took off, and shot down the 21st on it. It is a cunt. I am a man, but I want to have a child from him. I have no doubt that he can do it. It's a cunt, Martin says. His knowns turned red and flaky. And as if on cue, he managed to catch a cold just before the war. Well, are you normal at all? You will not be given permission! The ghost just looks at him. His back hurts like hell. His eyes are burning from the lack of sleep. Martin is sure of that.
0: But look at yourself.
1: He persuades.
0: You, motherfucker, can barely stand. The doctor will fuck you up like that Russian ship.
1: Will you give me the car, or not? Ghost asks, and Martin knows. He wants to go to the cabin faster. He's more comfortable in a chair behind the wheel than in a chair, and you instantly come to your senses and feel the influx of forces. He knows that. Don't worry. Martin sighs. Try not to give it yet. He will take it himself, and then he will catch up, and once again with two or As much zeal will suffice, it is already cheaper to give. At least eat something while they check. He surrenders to the winner, because then there will be no fucking time again. I can't eat. I will drink coffee. The ghost speaks. For some reason, Martin is afraid of wanting to hug him, but at least just touch the shoulder. This is probably a relief. He was very scared when he heard the ghost was beaten, but now that the adrenaline has run out of blood, he is trying to do nonsense.
0: Will you be with me?
1: With him, Martin is ready not just to drink coffee or smoke a cigarette. With the ghost, Tin, he is ready for anything he would not offer. It has always been so since their first meeting on Klockivska with stupid children. When you start to think like that, it's better not to start, for God's sake, because one thing leads to another and there's no time, and yet Martin remembers how it was the first time when the ghost, then, of course, not the ghost, but Sasha, asked him the same thing, only it was not about coffee, but about going to the girls in the next dormitory. I will. Wait. I'll bring a thick. A real smile can be seen from under the mask. You just have to look in the eyes, not on the chin and the rough bristles clinging to the mask. Martin watches until the ghost raises his eyebrows questioningly. They say, What are you? Blunt? And nothing. I just stared. This, of course, cannot be said, and so Martin hastily goes for coffee and returns, holding two hot cups. Condensed milk is not enough, and all of it Martin smashed in the coffee for the ghost. He loves sweets. In addition, the doctor said that glucose improves eyesight, and in general... What about yourself? He asked glancing at Martin's coffee with a sharp eye. What? On to me? Humanitarian help? Drink. Martin mutters. He is afraid of himself. I don't want to let go of the ghost, but he sees him standing, as if relaxed, transferring the weight of his body to his left leg, but with that barely noticeable tension that gives off constant pain. Catapult twice in a row, to kill the spine, so to say... The concussion, some damage to the vertebrae and cartilage, must be restored in time. And despite the fact that Martin is 100% sure that the second time in one hole does not fly, the heart is out of place. And suddenly, fly. Now, they will bring you a spare Cognac. Kitty. Kitty. Martin agrees. Netflix series about you will start...
0: Netflix series about you will starting, start shooting soon. I'm seriously. My daughter called and said the whole TikTok was hot.
1: <laughs> you can see the old man Martin sent for permission running to the hangar, and the big, sharp-nosed bird barely visible from its nest. It was as if she had struck out her beak. The ghost also looks in that direction, smiles faintly, and for this smile, Martin is ready to give his life. Although it is hidden under a simple black cloak, And once they were afraid of COVID, they wore masks, got vaccinated, sprayed their hands with antiseptics, waited for the end of the pandemic. Oh, yeah, that makes me super horny thinking about COVID. Doesn't it make you horny, Sergio?
0: (laughs) I don't think this is supposed to be horny.
1: (laughs) Now it's funny to even mention it. The real problems didn't even start then. Some kind of fool, says the ghost, relaxed. And in this piece is all the confidence of a man who knows his business and does it right. His job is to bring down they would have opened. Oh, let's see. Is that Martin talking? There's kind of some weird dialogue designation in this where it's just like a dash sometimes. Yeah, it's just like
0: a dash. I think this is still the ghost. They would have opened another fan club.
1: Martin smiles.
0: There is also a fan club. Sasha just doesn't need that. Not now. Don't think about a sort of nonsense. Let.
1: The bluebird is slowly rolling out of the hangar. And you can see how the mechanics are hastily and busily fussing around, checking everything in the last extreme, how many times to repeat, times. The ghost swallows the remnants of coffee and looks at Martin as if the siren is blaring. The body is numb. The weathered lips are drying up. You only want what you can't do. Wish to take care of yourself. Sasha will not understand. They are not here for that. Come back. Martin says.
0: We'll find you an F 35, fifth generation.
1: And six months of retraining? Here you are, cunning and thinking about things. He shakes his head, gives Martin a glass still warm from his hands. Throw this somewhere.
0: Take care of yourself.
1: Martin thinks.
0: Take care of yourself. Take care.
1: He knows it's stupid. And wrong. You have to think about something else. You have to keep your weaknesses in mind. You have to think about downed birds. Scary, black, disgusting enemy birds that hit rockets with mortars. But Martin can't. Not now, when the cup, a cheap plastic piece, still warms his fingers. Throw it out. He promises.
0: And I will order phantom volunteers. Let it be, so you don't have to hitchhike to base next time.
1: For a moment, in Sasha's eyes, he sees a bright, transparent, incredibly clear sky. And in that startlingly clear blue, the 21st blackbird falls with the providence of the future.
0: This was pretty good. Um, I, I do notice, perhaps this is a, a, you know, a big language thing, but the use of a hyphen to, to denote dialogue after somebody has already started speaking...
1: Yeah, that's a little bit odd. I think that's probably just how Ukrainian writing goes, if that's how it looks in the first place. I'm I haven't actually gone back and looked at it. It seems like
0: if, if I s if I switch it back to the original, it's written like that.
1: <clears throat> Strange.
0: Hmm. The the translation kept the quotation marks and all of the punctuation in the correct place.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: Alright, and there, Very there is a chapter two.
1: Alright, you want to do the summary?
0: Alright, chapter 2, 30. Ghost became phantom, fire emoji. After our ace shot down the 30th, it was decided to give him a new F-16. Because somehow it's inconvenient that he knocks down all those Russian analog shit on an old plane. We need to take care of history to make the picture better in school textbooks. Keep it up. Glory to Ukraine. You're lying.
1: Where would you get it? Martin smiles. In two days, he slept for about three hours in total, and now steel bees are humming thinly in his temples. Crazy bitch, those bees. My daughter loves them, and Martin always had a couple in his pocket. Now she is almost grown up, studying in Rocklaw and probably saving her teeth, but the habit remains, and now Martin is sorting through the warm, soft bodies of candy, like living little creatures warmed into the palms of his hands. Yes. He says with feigned indifference.
0: I said we will order volunteers, and you know what we have.
1: The ghost's eyes are no longer blue, but red from a lack of sleep. He spends more time in flight than on the ground, and this is not the first day, so the chance of making a fatal mistake grows exponentially. Sooner or later, fatigue will be his death, and Martin cannot allow that. No. Well, to be honest... The ghost carefully rubs his eyes. Martin remembers how it felt, as if sprinkled with sand or salt. He himself is now floating before his eyes, as always now after the accident, but he always sees Sasha's face clearly as if engraved. Mm, Where did you get it?
0: You better ask where we got the instructions from you, damn it, Enterprise.
1: Martin says.
0: You also have to study. Then, the Israeli diaspora adjusted. It is said that from, excuse me for what I'm about to do to this word, Zaido Bandrevitsi.
1: I believe that's Zaidobanderevitsy. Zaidobanderevitsy.
0: M- Matt's a lot better than this than I am. <laughs>
1: The ghost laughs, just as he once did in the afterlife, which seems like a dream that melts and shimmers in the golden glow of maples. These grew near the university dormitory, lush, bright, and red-hot. If you walked down the quiet street below them, you could get to Gorky Park, and there the cadet always had something to do, and girls. What girls were walking there, proud, strong, and showy. But they were Sasha, not yet a ghost. And he himself, Martin, talked more about airplanes than about women's charms. It so happened that it was more interesting. Both were in love with the sky since childhood. Although it was more logical for Martin from Odessa to lose his mind overseas. But it did not happen as expected. Or, conversely, it turned out as it should have. Give thanks, the ghost asks, laughing. He sees something in Martin's eyes and leans down. What? Head again? And the head and the eyes and the devil knows what else. But Martin in life does not admit. It's enough that he got into trouble then, can no longer fly, just watch his friend store in the sky. And do everything and a little more so that he flew freely. Freely so that his steel bird cat was the best. To have time to rest and not have no worries except one. Kill the enemies. Nasty swineherds who bomb schools and launch rockets at hospitals, homes, and queues at pharmacies. Martin hates them so much that it's hard to breathe, and he knows that Sasha hates them too. He has no daughter in Roquelaw, and there is no wife, even the former. It's as if there is a girl, at least the ghost sometimes looks dreamily into space and smiles as if Martin were a woman, probably jealous. But Sasha's main love is an elegant steel maiden that weighs 12 tons and accelerates to 254 meters per second, and here she is. hi, hey, Martin, Rand, welcome. Now there's a real alarm in his voice, and Martin comes to his senses.
0: Everything is fine, I thought, and the head is fine.
1: After the accident, where Martin had a good head, he was stupid and unlucky, and he began to lose his sight very rapidly. The flights had to be stopped, and if it weren't for the ghost, if not for the friendly support, if not for the reliable shoulder nearby... Martin saw how people ended up who lost their meaning and essence of life in a single instant. I saw them wither from within, diminish, their eyes go out when the flame of the soul snuffs. The ghost has saved many. Each successful flight is a hospital full of people who will not be hit by a bomb or a rocket or a school or a kindergarten that will not be scattered by a terrible pile of smoking brick. But he was the first to save him, an old friend. For this, Martin loves him so much that he catches his breath and life is ready to give back to him. Right? Ghost frowns and decides something for himself. He looks at the charming, steady, full of pride and dignity steel maiden who has not yet felt the touch of his hand and does not even sigh. You know that, brother. Let's go get some rest. Although I really look at this Talmud at least obliquely. Thank God. So... At least a little rest. Martin walks away, feeling the heavy fatigue flood his body. The narrow public bed seemed to be the best bed in the world, and the ghost who lies down next to him and snuggles up to fit on the same uncomfortable bed, mutters. Damn, I forgot.
0: I'll lie down myself.
1: Martin says. It is still enough to reach for the switch, and then in their spartan lounge it becomes quiet and dark. In this darkness, before his half-blind eyes, Martin unfolds flourishes and plays like the sea of his hometown the incredible ukrainian sky which is nowhere else it burns shimmers and goes with silk folds like a flag and flying to the face strokes and gently caresses like a mother's palm he and the ghost have always seen this sky for two and always will martin believes in this as firmly as he believes in the victory of the armed forces And how in the fact that no steel maiden will resist the ghost. Yes, and that of flesh and blood, too. And some men would be better off. Martin does not finish his thought, sleeping. Their blazing sky sleeps, too, covering the earth with their palms. I really like the prose in this. I'm not sure how much of that is just Google Translate doing things, but it's good prose. Yeah. Now... Maybe Ukrainian dialogue is just different than American dialogue or English dialogue in general. Very hard to know who's talking sometimes. And I feel like that's probably just the way it's written.
0: Yeah, um, because like I said said before, switching the the, the thing back on the page, you still got the hyphens, you still got the quotation marks. That's a little confusing. I don't think Sasha is supposed to be a name, or is it supposed to be a name? Because I was kind of getting the impression that it was a mistranslation.
1: I really couldn't tell. I thought for a little bit there that it was the real name of the ghost. I don't really know, though. Hard to say. Definitely an interesting piece of work, though. It's too bad the ghost of Kiev is prob- probably not real. but
0: He's real. None, He's none real of that Russian hard. disinformation here, Matt.
1: Mm. I hope he's real.
0: Speaking of, uh, people who spread Russian disinformation, Todd, we're watching you.
1: We are watching you,
0: comrade You know what you did. (laughs) Poodoid. For our next one, we have one called, He Turns You On. You're a radio. This one, uh, a little, a little less, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Doom and gloom and a little, a little bit of laughs. This is President Volodymyr Zelensky, ex-reader of the political roleplay fanfiction Ukraine a twenty-first century fandom. Uh Good. Pl- additional tags include plot, what plot, slash porn without plot, vaginal sex, slight breeding kink, and badass motherfucker. World leader,
1: slight, slight breeding.
0: (laughs) A little bit, a little bit. This is by Saint Polly. The summary as include. You take out your camera and start shooting. The telephoto lens shows you in tight, detailed close-up just how shattered Zelensky looks. He's already told a reporter that he's sleeping no more than three hours a night, but his face is more compelling than ever. you photographed him before in that flamboyant hot pink satin suit on Dancing with the Stars, and later radiating boy- boyish optimism after his election just a few short years ago. He's always been charming, suave even, with a quick wit, overlaying a certain intensity that made him believable as a presidential candidate. But now, under siege by one of the world's most formidable powers, he's the all-too-human face of his um, unbending nation. That intensity is right on the surface. He is pale and drawn, yes, but circumstances have built up the fire inside him, and it's blazing hot. Notes. Inspired by Zelensky's March the Third press conference, which this does hyperlink to, I believe. Yes, it does. Uh sexiest fucking press conference i've ever seen in my life
1: was it sexy i didn't watch it uh
0: i did i didn't uh uh i did i did not watch it but i but i would imagine that it was sexy
1: <clears throat> am i going to narrate this one as well
0: you are also going to narrate this one.
1: You show your passport and press credentials to security, first to board the minivan that will take you to the presidential office building and again at the entrance to the building. Following the other journalists from the minivan, you head down an anonymous corridor that could be in any office building anywhere in the world, except that the windows are blocked with sandbags and the lights are out. Soldiers with flashlights lead you to the room where the press conference will take place. You enter maneuvering around a gaggle of journalists and their gear, mics on booms, video cameras, and other assorted items. You find a promising spot with a clear line of sight to the podium positioned on the small riser at the front of the room and settle in to wait as the room continues to fill with people whom you consider your colleagues. Even though you haven't met everyone in the room, you're part of a shared endeavor, documenting history as it unfolds. Your bulky shoulder bag houses your camera but you don't take it out just yet. Instead, surveying the room, which already feels hot and crowded. Everyone is steaming the place up, crammed in together in their scarves and winter coats. It's another cold, bleak early March day, which somehow feels appropriate to the state of affairs, to the state of war. What if it were spring? Balmy May, say, full of fragrant, blooming trees. With all this going on, how incongruous would that feel? The sea of gray and black overcoats in front of you suits the mood. Still, in a single concession to color, you are wearing a silk scarf in blue and yellow that just peeks out of the collar of your black parka. The president walks in, and the room gets quiet. Zelensky's not tall. He's not so young anymore. He's gained weight since becoming president. And the last few weeks, the last few days especially, have done nothing of worth or value for him. He looks exhausted, pale, with bags under his eyes and his customary, ready smile, a fraction of a second slower to appear. He wears an olive drab t-shirt and a fleece jacket. He looks more like a city bus driver after a long night shift than he does the president of a country. And yet there's something about him. Everyone feels it when he walks into a room. Heads turn and eyes are on him. Conversations falter and the focus shifts to him. He draws your attention like a planet tugging its moons into tight orbit. Instead of standing behind the podium, he grabs a chair and sits close to the press. Oh, this is the one that people compared to to Putin's, like, long table. He is shaking hands with everyone and cracking jokes in both Ukrainian and English. You take out your camera and begin shooting. The telephoto lens shows you in tight, detailed close-up just how shattered Zelensky looks. He's already told a reporter that he's sleeping no more than three hours a night, but his face is more compelling than ever. You've photographed him before, in that flamboyant, hot pink satin suit on Dancing with the Stars, and later radiating boyish optimism after his election just a few short years ago. He's always been charming, suave even, and with a quick wit overlaying a certain intensity that made him believable as a presidential candidate. But now, under siege by one of the world's most formidable powers, he is the all-too-human face of his unbending nation. And that intensity is right on the surface. He is pale and drawn, yes. But circumstances have built up the fire inside him. And it is blazing hot. You take photo after photo as he speaks, eloquent, impassioned, filling out his arms to make statements, flinging them this way and that way. You zoom in in on his gesticulating hands and suddenly find yourself imagining those hands on you, exploring your body, caressing your face, your neck. The room is suddenly far too hot. You put down your camera and struggle out of your parka. You then pick up the camera once more and in that moment, just before you lift it to look through the viewfinder, Zelensky looks at you. It's just a brief glance, but your eyes meet and something flares in his. The tiniest, subtlest smile flashes on his face, just for a moment. Just for you. Did you imagine that? You raise your camera and shoot, capturing image after image of his face in close-up, his eyes darkly serious, but with corners crinkled by lines that show his capacity for laughter and joy. Then, he looks at you again. He looks past the crowd of reporters and right into your camera lens. It feels shockingly intimate. Uh, do you want to be Zelensky, Sergio, or should I?
0: You should be Zelensky, sexy man.
1: I am interested in what is happening right now, he is saying, not what happens after. He looks away again, engages the other reporters and photographers, but you don't hear another word of the other journalist's questions your head is spinning filled with fantasy images a wide hotel bed spread with pristine white sheets pushing zelensky down in the bed and ripping off that oil of tea shirt biting his neck teasing his, n- <laughs> his stuff, <laughs> unbuckling his belt <laughs> <laughs> The press conference is over and everyone is filing out. You gather up your coat, put your camera away. You know you've got some great shots, so you'll upload them just as soon as you get back to the apartment where you're crashing with a few co-workers. You pretend to review photos in your camera, give the others time to file out of the room ahead of you so you can get your bearings. You feel overheated and dizzy. Finally, you are the last one left in the room except for the staff. You head for the door and turn to leave. Hey... A voice comes from behind you. You turn around, peer into the gloom of a darkened hallway across from the conference room. The speaker steps into the dim glow of an exit sign. It's him. We've met before, right? He says.
0: A few times.
1: You confirm to him. And he nods, pulling out a pack of cigarettes. He offers you one. You quit smoking years ago, but you've been feeling tense all day, and seeing him here, up close and personal, isn't exactly helping matters. You need something to steady your nerves, and so you accept. He pulls out his lighter, leans in to light your cigarette. You can smell traces of his cologne over the heady, warm smell of him. Of his... body. And you swallow down a sudden rush of saliva. You take a drag of your cigarette and he lights his own turns slowly on his heel and walks down the hall into the gloom do you follow him he turns his head looks over at you his sho- looks at you over his shoulder before you can decide you're standing right under a smoke alarm he says let's go outside your footsteps echo on the floor of the empty hallway as you follow him around the corner to a seldom used exit it gives onto a quiet courtyard whose exterior entrance has been barricaded with a wall of sandbags. He leans up against the sandbags, inhales, and blows out a thick cloud of smoke. You lean on the sandbags too, watching the glowing tip of his cigarette. A question is itching at you.
0: Mr. President.
1: You begin. Volodemir. Uh,
0: okay, Volodymyr. where's your entourage? Where are your bodyguards?
1: And gave them the rest of the day off, he says, straight faced. Then he grins. No, I just told them I needed a moment alone. Don't worry.
0: But shouldn't you be worried? There are Russian agents out here who are trying to hunt you down.
1: He shrugs. It is a calculated risk.
0: But if Putin.
1: Fuck Putin, he interrupts. No thanks you say before you can stop yourself, and you cringe, but he cracks a smile. That smile draws you in, and you move a little closer to him. You rest your left shoulder against the sandbag wall, and he turns towards you, propping his right arm against the sandbags. You're with the Kyiv Independent, right? He says. You shake your head.
0: Radio Free Europe.
1: Free Europe. He echoes thoughtfully, then takes a last drag of his cigarette. Before dropping it on the ground and crushing it underfoot. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Freedom. That's what we want. Most of us, anyway. Sovereignty over our choices. Over our bodies, our minds. Over the thoughts and feelings that we give voice to. Over our country. The right to shape our country's fate. Isn't that what it's all about? He looks at you, his eyes mournful, full of questions and full of answers, and you can't help it. You lean in and press your lips to his, and after a moment of startlement, he kisses you back. His lips are soft and taste of cigarettes and coffee. You move closer, grip his lapples, and he puts his arms around you and holds you tight.
0: Follow Demir.
1: You breathe as he quickly unzips your parka and tugs the silk scarf from around your neck so he can mouth over it. Quickly, tenderly, he unbuttons the first few buttons of your shirt. Yeah. He breathes, nuzzling the little triangle of your chest that he has bared. Then he presses you back against the sandbag embankment, slides his hand up under your shirt and kisses you urgently. His touch on your breast is electrifying and you kiss him back hungrily, sucking him biting his lips and ruffling the close cropped silk of his hair with your fingers. His stubble scratches your face. You hike up your skirt so you can part your legs and let him get closer, belatedly grateful for your impractical wardrobe choice on a day when pants would have been the far warmer option. He runs his hands up your thighs and cups your ass in his hands, then lifts you up against the wall of sandbags. You curl one leg around his waist and he grinds himself against you. You can feel he's hard. And you're so wet, your underwear must be soaked. The friction of his erection rubbing against you, through you, both your clothing is driving you crazy. You want him inside you. Now, you moan against his lips, and he pulls back a little. You okay? He asks, kissing you behind your ear. This okay? I want you. <laughs> You tell him And you reach down to fumble with his belt He helps you out, opens his fly And lets his pants fall And you take him in hand and guide his cock Between your legs pulling the thin Silken fabric of your underwear to the side So he can slide into you his cock feels huge inside you, and you gasp all your synapse is lighting up like fireworks. He kisses your neck, your ears, your mouth, and drives into you steadily. The sandbags at your back are cold and unmoving, but he is warm like a radiator against your front, and his kiss is soft but insistent. An orgasm is building <laughs> inside you, a spark that fans out and glows brighter and brighter. Until you come. Your wet walls clenchier and his limp maybe sex is funny maybe that's what's so funny about gay men, it's just the sex <laughs>
0: sex is bathed hilarious, in your, yeah
1: sex is funny, bathed in your pleasure he moans and fucks you harder you want him to come in you want his seed in you, and somehow that thought the thought of a million copies of his extraordinary genes just gushing into you, tips you over the edge into a second orgasm, and this time he comes at you the same time as you, crying out as he buries his face in the dark curtain of your hair. Your knees tremble when he finally puts you both feet on the ground. You both start straightening each other's clothes, and just in time, because Zelensky's cell phone rings at the same time that the doors open, and his security detail swarms into the courtyard. You whip out your camera, trying to look like you were here on official business, and pretend to review some shots. One of Zelensky's bodyguards approaches him quickly and speaks in low tones to the president, who listens intently and nods. Then, he turns to you. I have to go, Zelensky says.
0: I understand
1: you say, and you smile to him to show him that you do understand that you're with him every step of the way, even when, of necessity, those steps lead away from you. He smiles, then he bends down. For one wild moment, you think he's making a formal bow and stands back up holding your blue and yellow scarf, which had fallen without care to the ground. He presses the scarf into your hand, and the two of you share a blushing, secret smile. Then Zelensky walks away. Surrounded by armed guards Just as he reaches the building entrance You call out to him on impulse
0: Glory to Ukraine
1: Zelensky turns back and raises his fist Glory to our defenders He replies And then he disappears through the door Suddenly an alarm goes off and you jump It doesn't sound like an air raid siren But you look for aircraft or smoke Rising from bomb sites There's nothing The alarm continues An unpleasant shrill beeping sound You'd better go inside fast. You start to make your way towards the door, but for some reason your legs aren't working correctly and you just can't run. You fall to the ground and realize you need help. You take out your cell phone to call a friend, but you seem to have forgotten how to dial. Then you hear the scream of a shell and an explosion nearby. Your fingers move uselessly over the touchscreen of your phone. You're trapped here, and you begin to panic. And then you wake up. The alarm clock at your bedside table is beeping. It's 6 a.m., On a normal Friday. You're still tired. You stayed up way too late last night, doom-scrolling. You had such strange dreams. Fragments of them come back to you. A passport, a camera, a pair of dark eyes, and a kiss. Your fingertips trace across your lips. The taste of cigarettes and coffee is on your tongue. A strange illusion. Wishful thinking, more like it. Well, no time to dwell on your cravings. You need to get up, feed the cat, and get to work. You roll over to shut off the alarm, and that's when you notice an unfamiliar blue and yellow silk scarf neatly folded on your bedside table. Huh. Well, I guess the first one was just written strangely.
0: This one was really good.
1: Yes, and also, porn that you've gotten me to read once more.
0: Yes. I should have expected it. in, in the notes, there's a there's a three-track three, three track soundtrack that has hyperlinks. I, I also want to read to you the comments on this, because they're pretty great. Uh, a user by yeah. the name of Deviantist, Deviancy says, Help, help, help. This is, so my, this is so good. Oh my god. Which the author replied, glad you like it. Another person, Daenerys Stormborn Stark, said, I really tried not to be this person. The one who reads fanfics while the man is at war, but here I am. The author said, I hear you. I wasn't going to write this. Then I did. I wasn't going to post it, but here it is. Another person said, I just needed this. I know that the situation is horrible, but this helps me deal with it. Please write more. Then then the author said, I'm glad this worked for you. I get what you're saying. I feel like it's a very human thing to need an outlet for stress and anxiety, but awful events like what's going on right now. I'm not sure why this is my outlet, but here it is. Another person, Faryard, said... I'm not ashamed to confess that I looked explicitly for this. I was up for something MM. This is so insanely well-written that I found it hot as hell, despite being maybe the gayest breathing being around. Nice job, really. I'm in awe. And woo, I need to open the window and buy a fan. And glory to transformative art, irony, fanfiction, and PWPs that allow us sometimes to cope with human miseries, which the author replied, Ah, uh, thank you so much for your kind words. I'm happy this worked for you. When I'm looking for explicit fanfic, it's almost exclusively male male as well. So this was a bit of a departure for me too, ha. And you know you're absolutely right. Glory to all the essential good things you mentioned. I'm just gonna own my my damn coping strategies, smiley face. Huh.
1: I definitely say it's quite well written. It's porn, but it's well written porn. And uh, Zelensky being super hot, super hot dad bod is really funny to me.
0: Well, they they didn't describe his massive balls.
1: Yeah, his giant titanium out? nutsack. I was I was unironically really hoping that there was just going to be a joke of him literally having two just steel balls hanging underneath his dick. Missed opportunity.
0: Maybe he'll make an appearance in the <laughs> the next uh, League of Extraordinary Fandoms that I write.
1: That would be really funny.
0: They get us sent on a mission and it's, him. it's like, oh my god, Ukrainian wartime leader Volodymyr Zelensky.
1: Yes, what do you need? Help fighting a dictator. I know a thing or two.
0: You know, I really wish I really wish J- Jake was here because he would really ham it up with the, the balls jokes.
1: Oh yeah, he would love love the ball yeah, joke.
0: All right, shall we read another?
1: Yeah, I've got enough energy for one more.
0: All right, um, let's see here. I Ab- got egg? one called "Ab Egg"
1: by Sad Polnareff.
0: Yes, "Ab Egg." Uh, this is a story written about, um. Uh, former Ukrainian president Viktor Yankovic, the, the pro-Putin, uh, putoid as we've come to call them, uh, that was ousted during the Euro Maiden protests. Oh boy. So, our tags for this one include uh, mature, uh, archive warning, turnips slash non-consensual, category other, oh. uh, political uh, roleplay fiction, Ukraine 21st century, Viktor Yankovic, X. Ex- Egg. Additional tags. Non-canonical. Summary. Yankovic could not forget how the egg was thrown at him. Notes. This is a cunt. I have a feeling that, that, that that's a mistranslation every time they use the word cunt that's that we've seen so far.
1: Yeah, I, I really don't know what it's supposed to mean. Can you isolate that part, perhaps?
0: Uh, yes, yes, yes I can. Um, let's see. Curious
1: here. what it could possibly be.
0: I think it might actually be some sort of swear word. Let me go to let me see what happens when I just pop in into good old Google. Uh Google gives me this is a cunt or this is an asshole.
1: Oh, it's probably it's probably a Ukrainian grammar thing for just saying we're, like he's an asshole. This guy was a cunt, gotcha. Something like that. That that's probably what it
0: is. I I did go to like a wiktionary it it did bring up a Russian Wiktionary page on uh uh the word fucked. So 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 I'm I'm sure it's 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 something like this guy is a cunt or whatever. Most likely, yeah. Shall I begin? Alright, narrator, narrate.
1: He knew who to fall in love with. You could fall in love with a model on TV and then offer her a hand and a heart. Who would not refuse? To marry a rich ex-deputy. You could fall in love with those with whom they stole the budget side by side, buying gold toilets and huge estates that you could brag about to each other. They would understand. They would blackmail each other after that, put sticks in the wheels, give bribes to journalists to write hundreds of articles. But they would understand why it happened. We would understand that this could happen. But most importantly he himself would understand. Now, Yankovic did not understand anything. Every day, he scrolled through his head what he felt at the moment when this unfortunate egg was thrown at him, the death of an unborn chicken which spread across his face and left a vile mark on his soul, sealing her eye mirrors. He killed the unborn child with his own face. Who is he after that? The stolen millions did not cause as deep at once to themselves as this one egg. But at the same time, he wanted to go through it again. Double murder! Something inside was disgusting, but so sweetly moving. It seemed as if he was masturbating for the first time, not realizing what he was doing and hating himself, but at the same time feeling pleasure. What was that? He didn't know who threw the egg at him, and he probably never would. But he was grateful to this stranger just to survive this day, which he does and hates himself, but at the same time feels a perverse pleasure. What was that? He didn't know who threw the egg at him, and he probably never would, but he was grateful to the stranger just to survive this day, which he does and hates himself, but at the same time feels pleasure. What was that? He didn't know who threw the egg at him, and he probably never would, but he was grateful to the stranger just to survive this day. I think that was copy and pasted several times. Yeah, whatever.
0: Uh, once?
1: Mm. Hmm. Victor Fedorovich, help calm down. Yatsinuk's sticky, slippery, and incredibly repulsive voice crept deep into his brain, trembling with emotions and memories somewhere in the corner of his mind. Uh, you want to be Yankovic or me? I'll
0: be Yankovic. Fuck you.
1: Yankovic shouted in one breath.
0: I don't want to fuck with you. Fuck you.
1: But... Arseny's annoyance disappeared, as if it had been wiped off the board with a a wet rag. You always asked me, and you paid. I see you're sick. You want my money, you bastard! Victor exploded. (laughs) Fuck you! But not mine! (laughs) I know. He closed his eyes and began to think. Arseny stood over him with a guilty expression on his face. Yankovic's brain was working so hard. That he started farting.
0: <laughs> Bring me an egg.
1: No. Now. Yatsunyuk grabbed his belt tensely with trembling palms, but was immediately forced to release it. What the fuck? Who's talking?
0: I have no idea. I'm on the page right now, and I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'll, do, I'll, just, I'll just do it. Not yours, Beast. Birdie.
1: Yes. Yes, now, Viktor Fedorovich. Arsenis jumped up and ran through an enfilade of corridors. Yankovic sighed restrainedly. An egg lay on the table in front of Yankovic. Ordinary, inconspicuous testicle. How much of it could make a masterful hostess? Delicious, delicious. scrambled eggs. Wonderful omelet, lasagna, cake. But Victor. Was not going to eat it. He had something else in mind. Quite different.
0: Suppose these are my enemies.
1: Victor frowned.
0: What are we going to do to the enemies? Shall we kill? No, the dick was swimming there. Break banal. And if
1: he touched his own member. (laughs) From the mere thought of the egg. He increased in size (laughs) and tensed.
0: We will fuck them.
1: Victor Fedorovic. Bro, that was my Victor. Oh, sorry. We will fuck them, Victor Fedorovic triumphantly declared. With his fingers shaking incredibly hard, he broke the fragile light shell. There was a crack. The insides of the egg gleamed slightly in the light of the lamp. Unaware of what he was doing, he unbuttoned his pants, ripped off his buttons, and finally took a warm cock in his hand. With one movement of his hand, Yankovic planted an egg on him. Fuck! (laughs) An incredibly loud shout echoed in all corners of the Vercon Arada building. The unevenly broken shell scratched the delicate skin on the member, part of which was already in the slippery inner part of the egg. But the member made his way forward, like the British colonizers in the unknown lands of America. He even began to sing something, choking on saliva and the words. <laughs> Okay, you get to
0: read that part. Okay. But we will pass the dangerous path through the fog. I cry and masturbate at night. <laughs> Everything is going according to plan. Only Grandfather Lenin does a good leader beat. Oh, I'll finish right now or no.
1: Clock hands, they spun extremely fast, knocking like drops on glass. Yankovic did not stop. He knew what he was doing, but at the same time, he didn't want to stop it. He remembered Gorbachev's account of how he raped Lenin in the mausoleum. He must have felt something like that. Life and death. New horizons. Emptiness. It seems that all this will come and end soon. Very soon. Right now. Ah. Yankovic shouted even louder. (laughs) His fresh... Warm semen flowed into the remains of the egg, mixing with the DNA of the chicken. chicken. He is the father of an unborn chick. But everything flows and changes, just as a broken egg flows on the floor in his hands. For the first time, he was completely satisfied. <laughs> What is it, Viktor Fedrovic? Yatsenyuk asked anxiously, jumping on the threshold of the office. Why are you shouting? Are you fucking? Victor asked angrily, wiping the slippery sputum from his cock. Yatsenyuk tried his best to not look at this horror, and meeting the eye with the eye lamp of the chandelier said in a trembling voice, do not fuck, but we'll soon fuck the country. The Russians attacked us. What will we do?
0: I just fucked this
1: egg. Yankovic pointed to the floor, forcing Arseny to restrain his desire to close the whole office. And he realized something. What? Yatsenyuk asked, listening to the president's slow words.
0: Life will go on, but we have only one, he said.
1: And we have to give it for the country, or
0: or, what? no, nada, fall from here, fuck!
1: Yankovic shouted with wide eyes and jumped out the window. (laughs) Yatsenyuk looked at the white mash on the floor and finally cried like a bitch. A man with black crow-like hair also cried, curled up in a ball on an old moth-eaten mattress. So why is that? His life is already terrible. He lay there scrolling through the horrible events of the day. He tried to find a job again. They refused again. And then... Oh, it's too awful. He saw a strange, bald man with glasses... He shouted something in an incomprehensible language for a long time. And then he took out a long, sharp, shiny, like the eyes of death itself, and cut off his egg. That was the end. Now no girl will love him. Everyone around him seemed to know about his terrible secret. Suddenly something flashed in his mind.
0: I will destroy them all, everyone, and everyone. There will be none of these slavs on earth. Is he a Jew? Then I will kill the Jews.
1: His icy eyes lit up with an evil, dead light.
0: I will take revenge. I keep my word. And if I don't, don't call me Adolf Hitler anymore.
1: He shouted, threatening the walls with his fist. And the whole world... Felt the power of this cry.
0: What the fuck?
1: What is this? (laughs) This, okay. Hands down, this is the most incomprehensible fan fiction we have ever read about anything. Nothing is the same.
0: (laughs) I'm so confused. I know it's partially because of the the translation language barrier, but still. What the, Hitler? Why is Hitler here? (laughs)
1: I don't know. I don't want to know. This was this hell. is yeah
0: this this is the Ukrainian version of something that we normally read. On so you think you can fan it?
1: There's something strange with. Well, no, I can't say it's something strange with how Ukrainians do fan fiction. This is exactly the kind of grammatical nonsense that somebody who posts on archive of our own would do. Uh, was this fun? I think this was fun.
0: I think this was a good time, and I think that we should do more international fanfic episodes.
1: Yes. Uh, On a more serious note, if someone from Ukraine does listen to this, fuck man, so fucked up over there. We're rooting for you though.
0: Yes, a whole me, Matt, Nick. I'm not sure about the other guys. We've been following this for like pretty closely by the minute. And we we stand with you guys the whole way. Fuck Putin and his fucking closeted homosexual ass. Uh, getting out his rage because he he can't he can't uh, ima- he he can't fathom how unbelievably gay he is.
1: Yeah, he just can't fathom a world without the Ukraine and Russia. Uh, but we're not here to talk about politics or wars or things like that. It is a. Uh, well, I guess writing, to to close off my thoughts on it, I think writing is a good way that everybody on Earth, regardless of language or creed, comes together in some capacity. And I'm glad that people in the Ukraine can use it to express their desire to fuck over the Russians and think of their badass leader as a man with a large cock fucking reporters. Yes. Good on you, Ukrainians.
0: I'm I'm sure that's that's how Zelensky's wife is going to be after the, the 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 war ends.
1: Yes, ten more babies.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, Zelensky just going to be having a kid every year after this. But um, uh, this this was a very interesting little experiment. Um, I it's interesting to see like wartime fan fiction. Like, could you imagine? If we these found, like a, like, a... Happened, right? I mean, that that I am aware of. I mean, maybe somebody in the Middle East may have written fan fiction during all of the shit that's been going over there for the past 20 years. I don't no, know. That might be something interesting it. to go look for. Hmm.
1: By well, the way, I enjoyed it. They uh, These were some creatively written fics. Uh... I see you're still finding as much porn as possible to read for me, which is
0: this, that was not intentional. I just I just found it. and I thought it was funny. <sighs> well, I think that's all we got for now. Um, last uh, last thoughts I have to say: uh, if anybody from Ukraine is watching this, you know, uh, we love you. Um, I, if love if any Ukraine. of the authors. Decide to to tone into this because I'll probably like drop the episode in a review. Um, good to you know I'm I'm glad to be able to spread your work on our tiny little podcast that like twenty one people watch on a consistent basis. Yes. Russian warship, go fuck yourself.
1: Go fuck yourself. Goodbye. We love you. We love you.